Hi, we're Sabra and Courtney, and you're here with Impractical Theorists. Join us every week for thought-provoking conversation where we dive deep into life's biggest questions. So it's just, uh, you know, getting back on track, I think that just the, the way that politics is being run in this country is dangerous, and it's, it's alarming because we're not empowering the least of us, you know, um, I'm not sure of the exact quote, but I know that there, you know, there's, there was something along the lines of bring us your, you know, your poor, your, your hungry, your, you know, your impoverished. This was, you know, in, in school now granted we've come to learn as adults that a lot of the things that we learn in school have been whitewashed so terribly, but that this was supposed to be a melting pot where all people of all kinds could come to this country. We could be who we are. We had our, you know, the, like you said, what makes this country great is being able to have the right to choose, to choose our path and choose our course. And what's scary about alt-right conservatives is that they don't want us to choose. The idea is that they want us to choose what they want us to choose. Like, it, it then eliminates the choice in general. Right. And that, um, you know, with, not to, to be cheesy and quote Spider-Man, but with great power comes for great responsibility. And I think it takes a certain kind of person to be able to be a president or to be a leader uh, in any country. And we're just not seeing that sort of level of maturity even yeah, you know coming with through now coming yeah and 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 i i definitely think that that it hits home to both sides because as yeah. much as i hate trump i'm not necessarily the biggest fan of biden either and i think that there's a lot of things that are alarming on his side as well right but that unfortunately right now we are trapped in this the lesser of two evil system right yes and that is the and, system. and what's sad is that we're not even being able to give get a choice to choose outside of that right because essentially it's it's null and void you can choose what is morally right for you by choosing a third party but it has essentially zero effect in right. electing an adequate president right and that's one of the things that my mom touched on today when we were having our conversation is she goes because she kept bringing up, well, you know, Biden's not all that great either. And I'm like, I didn't say anything about the fact that I'm going to vote for Biden. They deflect because right. they don't want to address the problems with our current president. They just, it's literally like a cult. And they've all just, they're, he's just Jim Jonesing the shit out of them. They drank the Kool-Aid and the like, and, I'm, and we are seeing this. I am seeing it in some aspects of social media where people who have been conservatives or Republicans their entire life are now switching sides because they think the way that this is going is not good. Right. And I think that that is and empowering. It doesn't, like, it doesn't fall in line with who they are anymore because, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's all, I don't even know where I want to go with that because there's so many directions, you know, I don't want to put out there, like, I don't want to be, like, a hateful person. I don't want to say, you know, I hate you because this, that, or the other. Um, I'm coming to the, like, epiphany now is of that, like, I, I understand how people make certain decisions based on how they grew up, you know, the type of person that they are. Mm -hmm. And I can understand some people when they say, okay, yeah, I voted for Trump because 
you know, and then you think in your head, oh, this is where this person comes from, you know, this is the type of bullshit that they had to deal with growing up, so they don't see a brighter future. They only see that there is one choice between two evils, and that's it. And they have to decide between the devil and Lucifer. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying Biden's a devil or whatever. Like, I'm not saying anything about any particular political party. All I'm saying is that the scariest part about all of this is that everybody starts tearing each other apart when you start um, nitpicking each other about your political preferences. Mm -hmm. And the best thing that you can do is to just shut it down. Just, it's not worth what cuz what are you gaining by putting out your political preferences i'm not saying not to band together with the people who agree with you like you guys yeah go fight for what you want and what you believe is right as well right but i'm not i'm also saying like don't it's kind of like how i feel about how christians kind of like shove it in your face like mm-hmm. you do this or it's wrong like this is how I'm also feel about a lot of people these days about politics is that it's kind of just getting shoved down each other's throats. And that's why we have so much disconnect between the two parties, because it stopped being about what we can do to make America better or what we can do to actually make us a great country. Right. And it started becoming a war yeah. it, of like of like, of well, we're just going to. Yeah. One up you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I. I. I see your point in a lot of ways. I guess I never thought of it like that before because it very much like I, I spent like a couple hours last night and several hours this morning arguing with Trump supporters. But here's here's the thing that starts to get frustrating is that and maybe this is just because I am a very combative person and that's something that I will admit it can be great in a lot of ways, but it also is a fault in the sense that uh you know, being a better being taking the high road is about going, Okay, I'm not gonna change their mind and that the the current route that we're on is not going to get us anywhere because they're not going to change my mind. Right. But it's, you know, I had this argument and, and it's so frustrating. They're like, well, you're just a snowflake. You're uneducated. You're sheep. You don't get it. But we could say the same about them as well. Right. Because looking at it, if you try to step take a step out of just like, okay, the politics, or I'm not going to align with any party. I'm going to step outside and look at this as a whole, as one big picture. Both sides are kind of sheep. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm it, it it's gotten to the point where it's it is very cult like on both sides, you know. Well, we I mean, in the reason I feel like you are onto something with that is that a lot of these people have lost the ability to look up information and decide for themselves. Discerning what is actually truth through getting on and I think that that's the thing though is that we see so many biased resources for one end or another. And even if it's not biased, sometimes it's just false news. Yes. It's just, it, it, it not to, and not to quote. And that like fucking wildfire over the fucking internet. You know right. what I mean? Like. Well, and I think that anybody. I think it spreads more than true news. Well, it absolutely <laughs> does because uh, I think that there is, uh, in the media now, they, they use terminology and the way that they write is is like gotcha it just it, you know you you read something that either you aggressively agree with or aggressively don't agree with right and and it 
I don't like to use this term loosely because tri- being triggered actually is something completely different. But it triggers a re- uh, triggers a reaction, I should say, right. An, a negative or positive reaction, and it either leaves you incredibly empowered or incredibly angry, and there's right. really nothing in between. Right. And and finding truth should I think honestly do neither. In a sense, it should. Um, By the way, enlighten I just you. want to put in here that um, if anyone is looking for truth. Um, in news, all you have to do is uh, listen to, or I mean, look up or read the New York Times. They have the most honest and um, best fact checkers in the entire world. And I'm pretty sure they're they're they are labeled as like an unbiased source. Yes, they are because they they put the news out there. They don't give their opinion. They give they you give the, the news. Facts, yes, what you know? they know. And you can tell by reading all of the articles that I've read, you can tell that they are not biased. They you can just tell by reading it I because mean, it's I, not an it's not an, an opinion. They're they are reviewing. They are relaying the news. News, yeah. Which that is, is what which is what's kind of fucked up is that the the media is no longer doing that. It's now, and you know what? It's not just the media now. Now, it's just any motherfucker online yeah. who feels like they want to make a meme or a post or something and everybody, like, agrees with it and passes it on. Like, that doesn't mean it's true. Right. Well, and I think that that, honestly, and I know that there, I know that you had watched a documentary recently about, about that, is kind of the plague of social media now is that it has given a voice to, well, the uneducated. The people that they just, they see something and, and it just, they just then speak relay that and spit it back into the into the void right essentially and none of it necessarily is some of it might be truth and some of none of it might be truth it really you know it just there's no education or factual backing behind it they are just regurgitating what has been regurgitated to them essentially exactly it's like one big long like human centipede just asked her mouth like yeah. just just really i mean but you know it, it that's kind of exactly what it is it's one person takes the info that they have either seen whether it's true or not and then somebody else just and like sucks it, it right up it from goes them. along with their beliefs so they feel the need to push it onward like <laughs> heck yeah like this is why i'm you know, for my cause or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? But it's that doesn't mean anything because it's not true. And that's the worst part. I'm so glad I didn't go into journalism because what a dog-eat-dog world it would be. Yes. You know, to be in media nowadays. like. Well, for- I think that's, that's why they have resorted to this sort of um, really aggressive and opinionated type of writing is because... They want to, you know, each each news article or each like news company wants to be the best. They want to have the they want to have the best news. They want to be the most um, entertain. It's almost become entertainment rather than actual but you, reporting of the news. You know, the funny flop side of that is that the New York Times is the world's leader in news, and they are unbiased. So what does that tell you about what you know? Well, I think that's it. it it's the idea that they have created that, you know, like, like look at it like this. So like keeping up with the Kardashians, um, it, it's all scandal. All of it. If you watch even one episode of their show, that's all it is. It's all scandal, right. but scandal sells. Yeah. It scandal gets reviews. Right. Scandal gets people attracted. Yeah. So if they can write some just scandalous bullshit, right. it doesn't matter if it's true. It doesn't matter if it's actually fact. It can be 
opinionated, like, you know, somewhat like fact-based opinion, like, oh, some of it might be true, but they're going to spin that shit however they want to in order to get reviews and get results. Right. And I think that that's the issue that we're seeing is that it's no longer about stating the facts. It's about getting reviews. Yeah. Getting, getting people to follow you. And well, and there's actually, uh, it's, it's kind of funny that this is how it's taken the turn because there is a song and I don't remember what, I think it's from like the eighties, but it's called dirty laundry. And it's essentially a song talking exactly about that. Don't wash your dirty laundry. And yeah. Like, or something like that. But and that's like a saying now, but like, yeah, I know it is a song. And, and that's exactly what it talks about. You know, it's talking about news reporters, it's, you know, about how it's like they're clamoring over each other for the next biggest scandal. And it's just not become about relaying the truth to the American people. It's become about entertainment and ratings. Right. Yeah. It's all about ratings. Even like presidency. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, and, and it's, it's almost like, I feel like from the outside of this country looking in, it's almost like one big scary like shit show of like big brother, you know, just like everyone's just competing for, you know, whatever money, fame. It honestly, it really can be just whatever. But the bottom line is that people are, are like clamoring over each other, clawing over each other for what? Right. When we're really, I mean, when you break it all down, we all want the same things. We all want what's best for this country. We all want to remain free. We all want to make our own decisions. And have nobody tell us otherwise. Exactly. And, but we all need to realize that when we're coming to decisions on where we stand. Because if you don't want someone to mess with your decision making and what you decide is best for you, your life, your future, then why do you put it out there on what you care, what other people do with their future and bodies? Right. Which is what frustrates me because... Because all these people are coming at you, like, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But I'm, like, sitting here, I'm one of those people that they're pointing at, and I'm sitting here like, I don't point at any of you for anything. Anything. I don't give a fuck what you do. Because right. it has no effect on me. Yeah. If it negatively if affects you, that's your problem. If you're who you are, more power to you. Yeah. That is your freedom as an American. Yes. You know? And that's one thing that I'm willing to stand behind regardless of who you follow, regardless who you want to elect as president, whatever side you stand on. I feel like there needs to be a major movement for everyone to come together rather than, you know, it's okay. It's, it's like, okay, well, you're a blonde and I'm a brunette. That's okay. Right. And if somebody's like, well. We can coexist. Right. And it can be peaceful. Like, and I'm not saying that physical differences are equal, but I'm just, or equal to this, what we're talking about. But. You know, it's like that with anything. Like, I mean, if you kind of break it down, though, it it does lay a good example because, like, so look at it like this: like, um, uh, transgender persons or any person of the LGBTQ community, they get a lot of shit for who they are. Um, 
even from within their own community. I've heard, you know, several gay people hate on trans people. Um, you know, biphobia in, in the LGBTQ community is fucking, it's horrifying. But it's why is somebody else's choice to be who they are and do what makes them happy anybody else's fucking business? Right. And, and, then, they're, and, and then they take this, this idea of, well, you know what, you're right. But they're forcing it down our throats by putting gay people in the media and blah, blah, And no, because they're, everyone deserves also to be adequately represented. Right, why, exactly. Why is it a problem? If you don't want to watch a TV show that has a gay person in it, then fucking don't. That's your right. right. But don't sit there and, and shit you on it because, because you don't like it. And if you don't want to get married to a gay person, you don't, don't. have to. Right. <laughs> like, That's your freedom. And it's like that with anything. If you don't want to get an abortion because you think it's wrong, then don't. You know, do what you got to do. But there are people out there that, you know have to make decisions based on circumstances, based on shitty circumstances. Yeah. And you can't, like, literally not one person other than yourself can decide what decision to make in that process. Right. Because you are the only one living your life. Yep. You are the only one. There is no one else that's going to be around. You know, I don't care if you have the biggest family on earth. At the end of the day, when they all die... You will be here alone. And you have to be able to answer for your decisions that you've made in your life. And if you have any major regrets at the end of your life where you've spent so many years, you know, on just a bad decision or not necessarily even a bad decision, just one that... A tough decision. A tough decision or one that you didn't want to make and then your life went down a different path. And now your life is nothing of how you envisioned it at all. Like, not even close. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that go through that and they still put out there, they make, you know, save face. And they're like, oh no, I made the right decision. You know, like, I'm just doing the best I can. But you know what? You didn't have to do that. And you didn't have to be miserable. Yeah. You didn't have to go through that. And because of what everyone else thinks, a lot of people don't make that decision. And it's really sad. And a lot of people, um, you know, this is another thing that I just want to touch on is that there are a lot of babies born into unwanted homes, like families that don't want them. Um, There are a lot of kids that are abused because of this. There are a lot of kids left in the system, in the foster care system. Well, what they don't realize is that a child understands when they're not wanted. Right. It's, you you know, upon birth you start, and I've talked to my therapist about this, you start creating this bond with your caregivers. And when your caregiver does not bond with you, you notice that. You recognize that. So imagine how detrimental that is for the development of a child when they know growing up that they weren't fucking wanted. Yeah. And not only that. Because their parents made a choice based upon what everyone else expected of them. Now, and I'm just going to say this too. There's an also, there's also a strong correlation between, um, abused and unwanted kids and becoming a serial killer. And I'm just saying, there is a very strong correlation. Maybe not just a serial killer, but you become a violent person because you don't have no foundation of compassion or love. And I'm not saying that that this is what happens to everybody, but this is what happens to 
I mean, I've you see seen it. so many documentaries on these poor kids who are mistreated and they are, I mean, the poor kids have like burn scars and, you know, I mean, within an it's inch like of a child life. called it type shit. And you know what really, I'm saying? It's really, really fucking sad. And it's really more rampant than people think. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, child called it was a one book by one person, but there are so many victims out there and that's just one person who maybe turned out to be halfway decent. Like, but you also have to think that that one particular story gained exposure. A lot of these, these people who, who end up in situations like this, they don't get to express themselves like that and kind of, you know, like like Gabriel Hernandez, you, yeah. And, and, and I guess the point being is that, yes, uh, David ended up being a halfway decent person and was able to to capitalize off of his story but a vast majority of people will not get that same opportunity and will not have any any opportunities even closely related to something like that right and what about them yeah you know like then that even correlates into the lack of of um, mental health care in our country and the fact that we are doing nothing to support these kids after they're born into homes that are abusive or they're where they're unwanted right right and so you have to be okay at the end of the day with because here here's what i think this is literally what i feel that it's the only way to combat that is to let women get abortions because that is the only thing that is going to um, reduce the number of unwanted children in this world. And therefore, there's not, you know, a whole laundry list, like, in the future. You know, I'm not saying it's not going to happen anyway. It is. But the way to reduce it from happening is to let these women get abortions. Well, it's, it's, and, and not even just to reduce it to abortions, but have their bodily autonomy. Because if a woman at the age of 22 decides, excuse me, that she wants to have her tubes tied or removed, let her fucking do that. Okay, I have a little bit of an argument against that, though. Because you have to also understand, your brain is not done developing until you are age 25, at least. And so... All I'm saying is, even though I've been a person who, since the age of five, and my grandmother will tell you, I wrote it down on paper and signed it when I was five years old, I will never have kids. I am one of those people, and I won't, and I don't feel bad about it, because that's just who I am. I'm not a motherly figure. (laughs) But, um... Well, I get what you're... Hold on. I think I think I understand what you're trying to say is that maybe they're not making an, uh, an informed decision upon doing something that, well, is, that okay. is permanent. Sorry. This is what I was going to say is that, you know, your brain's not developed till you're 25. And I think... And from... Okay. Now, this was probably like 15 years ago when I looked this up. Um, but you had to be in... At least in the state of Illinois at the time, you had to be 26 years old um with or no sorry you had to be like 23 24 with one or two kids or with a kid or you had to be 26 or older i think something to that effect in order to get your tubes tied or whatever you want to do um 
And I understand that because even a person of my stance where I, I know I never want kids and like, yeah, it would have been nice to get my tubes tied years ago. Like you don't, you're not finished developing it. So it's not fair to let yourself make a decision like that without knowing for absolute sure that you're not going to change your mind in a couple years, you know? And that's, and that is fair. But here's my comeback to that as well is that if, if we will allow 16 and 17 year old girls to have a baby and make a lifelong commitment to another human being, and as you said, they're not fully developed at that point in time, that's a permanent choice as well. And, but I, I think that again, we're, you know, kind of bringing it all back full circle. That's where choice is important. Right. And education uh, is yes, important. And, uh, yes. And education is important and that, and that there really is no right or wrong or black or white in, in that sort of, you know, should we let women do this? Should we not give them their bodily autonomy, may, let them to choose. And honestly make it fucking easier to adopt children. It yeah. shouldn't cost you 50 and $60,000 no, to adopt a child. I agree with that. But at the same time, not make you it don't so fucking easy to where right, yes, any asshole anybody. can go in and be like, Oh, yep. I want one of you. You're coming with me. No, I mean, should there absolutely be a process and, and home checks for the first, you know, five years? Absolutely. They should be, ta- you know, looking into making sure that the families that they have are going to be adequate when it comes to caring for a child. But I think that there is a major problem with our adoption and um, foster care system that really... Uh, alienates a lot of families or prevents them from being able to adopt when they would be great candidates. And it also allows for really, really shitty people who, because of money or circumstances, ended up with like six and seven fucking kids out of the system and then end up being really shitty and only doing it for the money. You know, like, like to use myself, for example, um, it, you know, Kevin and I don't want to have any of our own children and we don't really want any children at all. But if anything were to happen and we changed our mind, we would absolutely want to adopt and and or foster because that's what we feel felt compelled to do, um, to give people who deserve a, a second chance at a real family to have that opportunity. And I think that the way that the system's in place right now makes it incredibly difficult. We would never financially ever be able to to qualify. Right. Even though the fact that we're really, really smart, intelligent, and compassionate people who, who've both lived really uh, tough and traumatic childhoods in our own way and understand, um, you know, not necessarily everything there is to know about a ch- you know, having and raising a child because you can't possibly know until you've, until until you've, you've had the situation, yeah, been in the situation. But at the same time, have an understanding of what not to fucking do, right. you know, and, and right. how to react in a situation where, um, you know, our trauma wants to shine through and, and react in a certain way. And then we stop and go, you know, no, this is something that my parents did to me. I'm not doing this. I'm not, uh, continuing this cycle of behavior and I'm, I'm just not going to feed into it. I right. want this child because that's. I feel like that's the, the idea of being a parent is that when you either create, adopt, foster, whatever, when you are raising a child, the idea is to, is to make that child better and the it best will put them in can. a yeah and put them in a better position than what you ever have been. Right. It's exactly. to set them up for success. Yeah. And I think to that, the best of your ability. Right. And understanding that you may not 
have it all. You can't give it all. You can't always do it all. But to, to set them up for success. Absolutely. And I think that that is, again, a, some, a problem that we have. And you and know the saddest part about that is the easiest thing, the most successful thing that we have available to us is our compassion. That's the easiest thing that you, it's free. You know, if you are going to raise a child, give that child love. Give it support. Compassion, um, understanding. Sure that it knows that it is wanted and loved and valued and its opinion matters and it's intelligent. You know, because there's not, like, I can't say enough for the people who actually were raised by great parents and by a, maybe one fault or another, which is just human, you know, it's just the human nature. Way, human nature, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they may have failed in some kind of trauma that may not be major, but that may have affected the way that the kid thinks for the rest of their life. You know, there are a few things that you need when you're that small. And it is home, like shelter, food, food. and water. And, com- and, and love. love. That's it. That's really all you need. And, you know, if that's all that you have to provide for another human being to flourish, I think that that's really asking very minimally. I mean... Yeah, you can provide the food, water, and shelter, but you still have to have the love and support. Right, because then they're not, they're... They're going to always second-guess themselves. Yeah. They're, and, and then... And they're never going to be confident. They may actually become violent. Yeah. Because and, they start thinking, and this is a thing um, that I recognized with one of my exes, is that when he was a young child, he was violent because... People taught him to be that way because he was going to be abused whether he was good or bad. Yeah. So what is the fucking point? And then they teach, and then from there you learn that violence is the answer because the parents are utilizing violence to solve all their problems. And it, I had a couple that came in, they're a very, very, very old couple, and you know, this young talking to me, and they brought up such a valid point that I think really ties into this is that they they grew up during the Great Depression, and they and we all know from what we've learned that most people who who lived through the Great Depression didn't have shit. They were literally impoverished, like dirt floor poor comes from that era because that was literally what was happening. Yeah, dust bowl. Yeah, <laughs> and and that they they brought up this point. They're like our parents loved us we didn't know that we were poor partially because everyone was poor but because there was always love right there was always care right and that no matter what their parents would sacrifice and do whatever to make sure that they were fed they were clothed and they were loved right and they you know and and they even said they're like we wore fucking sacks made out of you know flower sacks mm-hmm. for real we wore clothes made out of that but we were still clothed. Yep. We may have eaten the same meal every single day for weeks, but we were still I fed. Think, I think that shows a lot for parenting um, just because if your kids are so mature by the time of a young age to know that you are doing your best, that you are having struggles and you are doing your best to provide for them, you know, and that goes for like my dad and um, his sister. Um, my grandma on my dad's side, you know, she was a single mom for many, many years. And still to this day, they've always told me, you know, she did the best she could. 
like she, she was a single mom she basically killed it as a single mom just because you know they support the fact that she was going through a tough time and the fact you know like they were coherent enough to understand that their mom even though they weren't get, they couldn't be given everything she was given them all that, that she had could. all that she all had that she could. and i think that that is something that is important that we don't see nowadays is that or maybe maybe we see it but in the opposite way where they're being given parents are giving all that they have in the sense that they're giving their child everything right and then we see a level of entitled or t- entitlement right and then that, and that is another, I think, major issue that kind of, again, bringing it all the way full circle is, is creating a part of this political discourse that we're seeing in our country is the, is the level of entitlement. And not to say that, um, that people aren't deserving of health care. That, that's not what I say is entitlement, but just me, me, me. I want, so it should be given to me. Mm-hmm. That's completely different. And you know what's funny about you saying that is that you and I sitting here right now, we are millennials. Yay. Yay, millennials. And you get shit on so hard. So, yes, yeah, so many people, including my own family, shit on millennials every chance that they get, basically. But what they're not realizing is that millennials, like, we're we're in our 20s and th- late, mid, mid to late 20s and 30s, in, you know, up to that point in the 30s. We're all working. We're all doing the best that we can. We all grew up, you know, in the late 80s and early 90s where we thought this, we were going to be able to do whatever we wanted in the sense that whatever we dreamed, we could do it. Yeah. And then we grew up. Yeah. And things changed incredibly rapidly. And not only that, I feel like we grew up in an era that there was a lot of peace and harmony. Um, I mean, this was a time when you're coming out of uh, women get women getting their rights back blacks getting their rights back you know um or getting their rights i mean shouldn't say back respectively but, yeah but um yeah shouldn't say back but you know this was a time where life was good in america this is how i feel and i don't know i mean i was only a child i was born in 1990 but I was still only a child, but it was happy memories for me. Like, there wasn't anything scary happening until 2001 yep. when, you know, uh, 9-11 happened. And I was in fourth grade at the time. But, you know, from that moment, actually before that, um, I was scared to death for 2000 to hit the year 2000. Y2K! Y2K, man. I was so scared. I was like, man, what am I going to do without internet and computers? Like, they just thought that something catastrophic was going to (laughs) happen. And, you know, I just remember thinking about all that. And then, of course, 9-11 happened the next year. And just all these things have happened over the years. And so us as a collective have gone through um, really intense... um, trauma global trauma yeah you know um or just trauma as a country like especially in our own generation starting from a young age because and i really feel like this is why you know millennials are like the generation of nostalgia because we look back to those times like wow it was so much easier so easy it was so wonderful everybody of every color was friends and neighbors and it was fine 
You know, like, I don't know if that's entirely true. I was a kid back then. But as far as I know, going it, to school yes, you, and it, everything, yeah. like, everybody liked each other. They didn't discriminate because of you were black or you're gay or whatever. Even going up until I was in high school and that was, like, more and more gay people were being accepted. and Coming it was out openly. More of a Yeah, it was becoming more of a, like, regular thing. And I loved gay people. And I think that millennials, for the most part... I'm hoping that I'm speaking correctly when I say that we are maybe possibly the most open generation that there has been. We are very open because with our generation has come a lot of changes as far as with within society of, you know, now we have um, a lot of gay people. We have a lot of transgender well, people. We, well, I we think have, that we were a voting, like when we reached voting age, we were just like, we started this rebellion that I see very prominently in Gen Z, you know, of, of standing up and saying, no, Mm -hmm. we're not going to let you discriminate against us because of our gender, uh, identity or our sexual orientation or because of our skin color or because of our religion. And, and, you know, and I'm going to go back to our topic on the last episode of evolution because, a lot of people say, you know, evolution doesn't happen on these finite levels, but it does. Because if it didn't, then it wouldn't happen over time. Yeah. And it does happen on these finite levels. And I know, because I can see it in every single generation, every new generation, every 10 years or those or so, and those people that have been born within that year and grow up, these people... Or people, you know, as their newer generations come along, we're just becoming more progressive. Mm. We're becoming more open because we grew up with that kind of thing. So it's like, you know, we're already used to it. It's not something that is new to us. It's not scary to us. We just want to be as open as possible with as many people as possible. And we just, you know, want everybody to live freely and be happy. And a lot of um, older generations think that we are naive to think that way and that, oh, well, not everything is sunshine and butterflies. Yeah, we get that. But we can fight. We can strive. Yeah. We can change things to, like, push in that direction. Right. We don't have to just accept that this is the bullshit that always has to be. (laughs) You know, like, we have the power to change things because we are a democracy. We are founded on that, you know... Our country was founded on that, and we have always had the power to vote. And everybody now has to take back that power and, you know, make it more evident to the politicians and things that we are going to get what we want. Yeah. No matter what their agenda is, it doesn't, like, I don't care how many billions of dollars you're going to make on this project... Um, I'm still voting for gay rights. I'm voting for women's rights. I'm voting for every motherfucker in this fucking country to, to be able to just live. To, to live. be able to live equally and peacefully. Like what happened to the um, to you know our right to life, liberty, and this pursuit of happiness? We're not we're not seeing that. We're not seeing that anymore. We're not seeing no, people be able to live. You're um, what do you call it when you're kind of um, getting in somebody's way? You know, like. They're preventing me from happiness because I'm basically, like, having to do what they want me to do, which I'm sorry, but this is one issue that I've dealt with from childhood, and I'm just now coming out of it, and I'm turning 30 in December, is that, you know what? 
my idea is what I'm going to go with. Yeah. I don't care what you think. Because, like we were saying earlier, it's not your fucking life. It's not your problem. It's not your don't problem. Don't make what I'm doing your problem. Yeah. Like, it's already a hard enough decision to make for anybody. Like, anybody going through anything that you have to make a controversial decision, it's your decision to make. It's not anyone else's decision to make. You know, I understand, like, uh, going out and getting opinions from friends and family. But remember, at the end of the day... Your decision's your own. It is your own. It's your absolute own. And no matter what you think your only options are, there's always another option. Yep. You don't have to go with what, what everyone, everyone expects says. you to do. Yeah, exactly. And this Because, kinda... like, well, and here's my thing is that it's, it's highly unlikely that the, the uh, resolution they expect you to go with is one that they would choose for themselves. Right. But that doesn't matter because they're not you and you're not them and they can live according to their own policy, but you can live according to your own. That's the beauty of living in America. Right. Or that's how it should be. But it's really not. Like, it's starting to kind of backtrack and that's the scariest thing. You know, we always say history shouldn't repeat itself. But but, it is. But it is. In a major way. In a major way. And, I mean, I can't say for sure whether it's Trump's fault or whatever, but um, what I can say is that Ever since Trump's been president, we have definitely backtracked in gay rights. Um, We're starting to backtrack in women's rights. Mm -hmm. States are being allowed to um, outlaw abortion. And I know I touch on this a lot, but it's a really strong subject for me. Like Because our bodily autonomy means something to us. Right. And that is the same thing for you trying to tell me that, like, say I wanted to go get plastic surgery, and you say, no, because you're a woman. Like... I understand that you're going to peg it from another standpoint, like, oh, but it's an innocent baby and whatever. Okay, we have our own different views on that. So let's just let bygones be bygones. Let's just agree to disagree and let everybody have their own choices. And you don't have to impede on mine. Right. Because you have no right to anyways. And I just wish that we had leaders that understood and respected that. Yeah. You know, and really just took that as a core value to where they made all of their decisions on. You know, like, okay, this new bill has come in. Does it impede on personal human rights? Yes or no? If yes, let's throw it out. Yep. Or It's as simple as that. Why do you care what other people do? I mean... Because I think at the bottom line, it comes down to control and that it's within the, at least, I would definitely say within the, at least the past five to 10 years, it stopped being about what was good for America as a whole. And it, it started being about what was good for the people with money. Yeah. Yeah. What's good for the 1%. Right. Because they're the only ones that apparently fucking matter. Right. Yeah. That is the scariest part about it. Because it's, like, because I was telling my mom earlier, like, money, you know, that's the most valuable thing in this country. Over your words, over your, over your word, over your integrity, over Over your actions and your character. Yeah. If you have money, you can buy yourself out of anything. You can do anything. It doesn't even get, it doesn't even stop at buying yourself out of something. You can do anything. Right. 
Anything. Anything. Literally, you can cure yourself of cancer. <laughs> like, and I think that that's what's scary is that there's a there's less of a value on on our freedom as there is on the dollar bill. Yeah. And that's scary. I don't want to live in a country or see what that's going to be like in 10 more years, you know, if if we continue on this pattern. But, you know, it's honestly like all of this today and yesterday has really opened me up. I mean, I used to be one of those people who who would hate the next person for voting for Trump or, you know, things like that. And it's not because it's not because I care about what they do personally. It's about because I don't I can't wrap my head around it because I don't like him as a person. But um But what it boils down to is just that we all we are all here to coincide and to live peacefully coexist. and to coexist. Yeah. yeah, coexist. And you know, we're we don't get any personal gain from like bashing another person or their beliefs. Yeah. What, That's true. What personal gain are you getting? If I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like your god is real. Um, you shouldn't believe in that. Blah, blah, blah. What gain are you getting out of that? You know? Like, I can... Okay, I can understand educating someone of, like, have you heard about my God? Blah, blah, blah. If they say yes, no thanks, move the fuck yeah, move on. Move on. And I think that's a big Don't issue. Don't keep coming back to revisit the issue. Because then you're just, like, being aggressive and, like, you're, uh... Harassing people. Yeah. You know, I mean, they they are just as much entitled to their opinion on their beliefs as, as you, you are. are. Yeah. And they, I mean, speaking on my own personal standpoint, I don't push my beliefs on other people. Exactly. I don't. Most of the time, I don't even like to talk about religion or politics unless we get along because there's just no need. Um, It's a personal belief. There's no reason why any other person's negativity or negative thoughts about your belief should affect it in any way. Um, Because I sure as fuck don't give a shit if people don't like the fact that I practice witchcraft. Right. I mean, now it's one thing if you're going out and asking for opinions, right? Like, if you are honestly asking what people think of that, that's... Different. That's, that's that's fine, but that's different. And at the bottom, uh, and at the end of the day, I should say that most of the time we're not are, asking for. It. Yeah, opinions are just that. Opinions. Opinion is not a fact. Right. And I think that that is where we see a lot of issue is because people believe that their opinions are facts. Mm-hmm. Maybe they might be you know fact based in some aspects, but we're. We're all free to practice how we want. We're all free to live how we and want. As long as we're not hurting yeah. how we want. Like, if we see something differently than you, that doesn't make us a bad person. That makes us individuals. Yeah. Because everyone's going to have a different perspective with any and, any so and all many, things that you see. Yeah. And there's so many perspectives. There's so many people out there. There's so many, you know, to the point of, like, there is... No, within reason, there is no right or wrong path. There's only integrity 
and believing in your cause or purpose. And I'm talking about fighting for your rights. (coughs) Now, (coughs) when you are fighting against other people's rights and you're standing up like, hey, they shouldn't be able to do this. That's where the problem comes in. You're wrong. Yeah. And I will say that. And I'm not saying that anyone's ever wrong. But I am saying that that's wrong because you're impeding on other people's personal freedoms. And that's not okay. Nope. And if we are going to do anything, so I was also telling my mom earlier, like, you know, this is why I say we need to, and people hate this saying, but we need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Or give it a serious upgrade. Yeah, because it's not working right now. No. I mean, I'm not saying that the foundations that have been laid can't be taken and used and to build upon. We can use the foundations, but we don't have to do all of this. Well, I mean, look at it this way. Our Constitution uh, was written, what, 1776? So it's been 250-some-odd years that, you know, since we have revisited what the Founding Fathers, the foundation that they have laid. And at what point do we stop and say, okay, maybe... Like, Things are a little bit different now no, right. than what they were then. Right. So maybe we should take a step back and go, okay, so what's this doesn't what what's not working? Yeah. Essentially. What doesn't work with our society today? Because our society today is nothing like it was then. I no. don't see anybody walking around on the back of a fucking horse. Right. You know, well, I mean Well, and, and not only that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like but not only that, but I mean just Think about our technology alone and, like, you know, I mean, inter- internet really wasn't around even kind of 30 to 40 years ago. Right. So, I mean, everything is just so new, and now we are changing so rapidly because of, of technology and social media, and we do have, like, finite levels or minute levels of evolution happening so rapidly because of all the we're able to communicate more and we're able to think about more things in a different way and we're able to change our opinions and like kind of grow and educate and learn right as as a society and you know it it's only appropriate that we take what was originally given to us and adapt it keep what works keep what works with our society but today in our society in america you have blacks, whites, Asians, you know, whoever, whoever, blue, purple, pink. I don't care what color you are, what, what, uh, what you consider yourself to be sexually or your. We essentially, I like to think we like, have a rainbow of fucking people that walk this collective. country. Yes, and we need to represent that. Like we need to stop like giving all the power to all the white men white men yep and you know give it to everybody equally because well and that's the thing is it's what frustrates me when people are like with the shoving you're shoving your feelings and your gayness and this and that down my throat why because you don't want to see people equally represented not only in media and tv and radio but in a political sense as well that you don't think that those people deserve to represent themselves and their community in a body of government 
Why? Because our government has been predominantly white men for the last 200 fucking years. Right. And at a certain point, you have to become that evolved person with a higher understanding of, like, this is a new country. This is not the country it was 100 years ago. Or 50 years ago. Or or fucking 30 years ago. Exactly. So it only... Um, so it only makes sense. So it only makes sense that we would take and reevaluate things. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not saying that we need to throw it all away and start anew, but I am saying that it would be worth reevaluating. Yeah. And I 100% agree. I think that this country has come a really long way in a lot of really weird ways. But in a lot of good ways, too, in the past 250-some-odd years. And that it's time to maybe revisit, you know, some of our foundations because it's a different world now. It really is. And it's, I don't know, I just think it's time to start representing everybody equally. Um, Cut this two-party bullshit because it's not working. It's obvious there's a lot of things in this country that aren't working. And I think it's time that we start coming back together as, like, a collective and giving a fuck about one another because you don't see that shit anymore and and actually taking a stand and doing what's right for this country as a whole. Right. And it's... It is equality. It is fairness. It is justice. And I don't think that we're representing those kind of core values right now. People want to move and have wanted to, have always wanted to come to America for their freedom, for their own personal freedom. And the sad thing is, is we can't really stand behind that fact today, you know, and, but that's, it's true. We're made up of people from all over the world and we need to start to learn to love our neighbors. And, you know, I've, I've personally, even like the last just couple days that I've kind of realized all this, I've started to be more compassionate and caring towards people and not necessarily always just get pissed off just because I don't agree with what a person is doing right there, but just to start to kind of think, put myself in their shoes, or think, what if that was my mom or my grandma, you know, and that's really prevalent now, like, put yourself in their shoes, and always understand that everyone has circumstances, so that is Definitely, I mean, you have to be very grown to understand circumstances and how they affect your life. As long as everyone is on that level, you understand that everyone should get equal right to make their own decisions with what is right with their life, their body, and their future, and ultimately their destiny. Fucking mic drop. Mic drop! Yeah, that was, yeah, legit.